Welcome to episode 256 of the All the Books Show, official podcast of the David A. Howe Public Library. We talk book news, author news, and literary news. I'm Eric Michaels. I'm Nick Gunning. And today we're talking about uh, parties. <laughs> oh, are you good at a party? Uh, it depends on the party. It okay. depends on the vibe. I mean, at this point, I'm not doing any parties. No. So No, that's smart. I, I haven't. I'm not really a party animal either. You know what? This was not a topic I should have brought up for myself. Because it doesn't make you look good. It doesn't make you look It cool. doesn't make me look good at parties, no. I mean, I... I when I was living in my first apartment, which was pretty crappy, but people liked going to because I was like one of the only people with his own apartment. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. I threw a pretty good New Year's Eve party. Okay. Where we all like just hung out, had snacks, watched TV and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. music and games. And stuff. It was a good time. Okay. So that was a pretty good party. All right. Nice. Next topic. That's right. Uh, <laughs> the ocean, the state of the oceans. How do we... <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, we're talking book news, author news, and literary news, but we're also talking some awards today. That's right. We're going to be covering the Locust Science Fiction Awards, which I think we've mentioned in the past, but we've never actually like gone deep into it the way we have with Hugo's or the Nebulas. Yeah. So we're going to be looking well, at a lot the, of awards uh... have been uh, shunted off into the true. nebulous future. That is true. So, That's true. But yeah. locusts uh, were just announced in the past couple of weeks, so we thought we'd highlight a couple of those a little bit later on in the show. How you doing, man? How's the weather? How's the weather? It's like 90 degrees out. I Ugh. love it. Sorry. Ugh. Sorry. I've gone to the dog park a few okay. times, and uh, the first time I went, uh, I think it was Friday, was like 90-something degrees. Both me and the retriever are like, this, is, this might be too hot right now. We went around 5 o'clock. I think I'd go around 7 o'clock next time. So. Oh, boy. Speaking He's a trooper, of- but it was, it was too hot. Yeah, I got a new bowl for my retriever. One of those, like, uh, I think you have it for your... Uh, your bulldog? Is she a bulldog? Uh, she she's a mix. She has some pit bull in her. Pit bull, not bulldog. Um, you one of those uh bulls that's like spirally, like a so maze. Yeah, yeah, they kind of have to take a little time because she, the retriever will just like scarf her food down before I've even put food in the other two's bowls, and so uh, yep. also try to keep her mentally stimulated. Yeah, so. well. See what I, I guess it has or encouraged like it. Uh, Meredith's mental uh, <laughs> development because for a while she was like nosing around getting all the food out. Now she just picks it up and drops it on the floor, and it all <laughs> just explodes. So yeah, I keep being like, that. we need to drill this into the floor, otherwise yeah. we're just going to be sweeping yeah. up dog food for the rest of our lives. You know what? Why have we never done a dog books episode? Right? We did a Christmas episode. You interviewed. I yes, I, I did about interview Greg Kincaid about a dog named Christmas yeah. and other things. Yes, we yeah. did do that. That might be the closest one we've got. But to. I think we need to do a whole episode just devoted to dog books. And yeah. we will give spoilers as to whether or not those dogs come to any harm because I can't I won't yeah. abide a book where yeah. a dog gets hurt. No thank you. Yeah. No spoilers. Thank you. Where the red fern grows is a sad book. Okay. All right, save that for the spotlight that we do on dog books, which is most definitely happening in our future. It will be the All the Books Show's dog cast. I would love it. I, I, I do want to do that. All right, All right. Uh, let's get into some, uh, let's get into some, boy, this episode. No, I think it's the heat. It's bookmark. I think it's the heat. I really do. But yes, mm. what have you been well, reading, man? Let's have uh, conditioning on right now. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> let's talk bookmarks. Bookmarks. Uh, let's see. So comic book wise, I read some Hercules comic books. Okay. Uh, Prince of Power. Those are from 1982, 1984, and then 1989. I've read these. Uh, hang, hang on to this. Hang on to the detailed review though, because I want to talk a little bit about these when we do our uh, Imagine Your Story spotlight. Yeah, the, the mythology. So yeah, so put episode. a pin on all mythology. Uh, I read Hobo Mom 
Okay. Which is a uh, indie graphic novel. Okay. Uh, by Charles Fossman. Yep. Uh, indie black and white. Like every page is like just three kind of mm-hmm. big panels, maybe two big panels kind of style. It was good. One or two graphic sex scenes. Oh, okay. Uh, for certain things that when I turned the page, I was like, whoa. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Um, it's good basically the story about a, a mom who's riding the rails, who's just, she's, she's, she left her family so she could be homeless because she wanted to just kind of be free. Okay. Uh, or at least that's the sense you get at the beginning. It's never really explained exactly what she's doing. She lives in California, but she comes back. Her daughter doesn't know her um, and her husband doesn't want her there. But then he wants her to stay, and she's getting along with the daughter, but she knows she's never going to stay. Okay. So it's just one of those kinds of stories. Interesting. I read Chrononauts by uh, Mark Miller. It's very much a uh, – if Back to the Future was for bros, but it's also wait, very – Wait, isn't that just Bill and Ted? Oh, uh, yeah. No, Bill and Ted is smarter okay. than I think that description might have given it to. All right. Uh, no, Chrononauts is just these two guys – start traveling through time, they start messing up time, okay. and then the only reason they fix time is because their lives are less than stellar at the moment. Okay. So <laughs> I love a good time uh, travel story. So, it, But it's fun. There's some fun action in there. I okay. mean, it's Mark Miller, so if you're familiar with him, the artist is Sean Murphy, who both wrote and illustrated Batman White Knight, oh, which was which, kind of a big which, deal when yes, it came out. we have that in the collection. I'm a big fan of that book, yeah. yeah. I paused Fires of Heaven by Robert Jordan for a what? second because my hold for my ebook copy oh, of okay. Educated by Tara Westover had come in. Okay. And so I, I read that. The, the description is always uh, daughter of a survivalist goes to university for the first time and writes about her experience. That is a summary. That okay. is a very tip of the iceberg summary. When they say survivalist, they. Like you, I kind of thought it was almost like a blast from the past situation. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yes. <laughs> it's it's not. Her her dad is crazy. Her okay. whole family is crazy. Her her whole childhood is dark and abusive and dangerous. Wow. And cultish and religious uh, religious cult like mentality. Oh. And like this, this is not what I thought this book was about yeah, at all. So like, I'm, I'm glad to hear she didn't go to school because. Her dad didn't want her school being taken over by the government, but there's no homeschooling happening either. So they're just like uneducated, period. Like any learning they do is done from themselves. And the mom is the – the whole family is the worst. Okay. Have you finished Uh, this or are you still – Yeah, I finished it. You finished it. Okay. It it is – there was one – I turned the page. I was close to the end. I only had 90% left according to my uh, Kindle. And – She's still saying stuff like, I can fix this. And I'm just like, I'm going to scream. <laughs> I just want to scream. It's just, and then, so like when she goes to college, okay. like the way they, you you made it, the way the, that summary made it to describe is I thought like we're talking about a homeschooler right. who was a survivalist, but also like then just didn't have any interaction. I'm like, okay, this could be interesting. But no, like she's in her art class and she raised her hand and asked, what is that word? I don't know what it was. And the teacher gets is so up is like annoyed, and everyone else just kind of stares at her because the word is Holocaust. Oh, because she didn't. She didn't like. She's learning about world wow. history. Like I've gone to school with people who have been homeschooled and um, it just avoided all like pop culture. Who didn't know like King Kong? Yeah. Who you know had to ask when I said they'd be like. Superman is the one in blue, right? <laughs> you know, like that kind of stuff. I'm like, oh, wow, this is wild. But this, 
like she's having to like learn world history just everything wow like even not just that stuff but like how to learn like the idea that she would even read her textbook it's frustrating all the stuff with the family is infuriating and she she's just got a lot going on in her head so like like i said 90 page 90 percent into the book there's still stuff with her where she is still latched into the wow. toxicity of it all wow so yes very different than what i thought i was going into very frustrating and sad at the end of the way she has to kind of realize stuff and all the things that happen. But yeah, it's a good book. It's well written. So okay. uh, sounds she like, had a, she had sounds a like time. quite a ride. <laughs> yeah. All so, right. Yeah, I'll read. I'm, I'm gonna get back, read a couple more cop, uh, chapters of the Fires of Heaven, and then my copy of The Glass Hotel by Emily St. John. Oh, came in as okay. Well. Great. So, right. nice. but I am gonna try to catch up a little bit with the days I lost with Fires of Heaven. Yeah. Okay. The All Days right. I Lost. That's a good title. That's a great yeah, title, you. actually. All right, uh, what have you read slash watched? Boy, okay, I, re- I finished a few things. I finished Tristan Strong Punches a Hole in the Wall by Kwame Mbalia. And, you know, while I did like it, I feel like it was a little bit better suited for a shorter form. Like maybe, a, you know, a novella or a novelette. Because I just felt or a like... graphic. Yes, absolutely. I can't believe there's not a geographic of this already. But I feel like the trouble with it was... While I enjoyed hearing about, like, um, you know, uh, John Henry and uh, Hi John and, you know, Br'er Rabbit, Br'er Fox, Gum Baby, all that, I, it, those, are, those are, like, myths that I've heard, but I've not mm-hmm. really, like, you know, buckled down and read a story with them. So I liked that. I was interested in that. And I liked how they took African folk tales and mixed them with, like, Western, like, American folklore. I thought that those uh, went together really well. So I appreciated that. I just felt like we hit this point in the book where, like, the adventure begins and it just feels like it's a real plateau storytelling-wise until you get to the resolution at the end. And that's where I felt, like, a little impatient, trying to move it forward a little bit. So I feel like... You push that together a little bit, make it a more short form storytelling, and you would have had a much mm-hmm. higher rating from me anyway. But yeah, uh, this is a uh, Rick Riordan presents. It is, yeah. The first one is out. A new one is coming out later in 2020, supposedly October. Um, I, I think I November. Think, yeah, I mean, yeah. say supposedly because that's what's on the yeah. schedule. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. But I would. I mean, that wouldn't that wouldn't prevent me from recommending it. I think it was still like an enjoyable read, interesting, and I could see. Yeah. Um, even, yeah, even I've if, had that issue. Even in the beginning, um, Rick Riordan does a uh, um, like a foreword on it and talks about how like you know everywhere you look is Greek and Roman myths. So to focus on these Western myths and tell a yeah. compelling story using those is a really unique, and it is. And so I would recommend I, reading it. I think some of the issues is like because we're older. I've had this experience with the uh, reading younger books. The longer a younger book is, the harder it is because like I can only be in like these like younger level books like the books for you know eight-year-olds for so long until i'm like i gotta get out of it i can't do this anymore whereas like i could read something that's shorter like uh dragon fell or the robot book or even uh the war that saved my life because they're a bit shorter yeah and so i don't have to i don't know be, be that but whereas i read that girl who drank the moon that was like an 800 page tome yeah i couldn't do it anymore yeah but like a kid might love the fact that they're reading like this big long book yeah so yeah yeah and i you know i also read it on uh, i read it as an ebook and for some reason i read ebooks a lot slower than print books do you find that or is that just like an old man thing that i do 
I don't know. I, I don't have any problem. Okay. Reading. Well, yeah, it doesn't seem to take me any longer. I guess it's me. Speaking of books that are too long, I've gone back to the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes by Suzanne uh-huh. Collins. This is a Hunger Games prequel. Mm-hmm. As you recall, I started reading that right when it came out, but life was just too depressing, and I didn't want to like spoil the book by reading it at a time when I oh, was Oh, did like, life get less depressing all of a sudden? No, it didn't. But I, <laughs> I caught up on other things that I wanted to read specifically for the library, and so I was like, oh, I'm going to pick that back up again. But yeah. I still am just – I've read 300 pages of it, and I have 200 more pages to go, and it just – it feels too long. It really does. And it's, you know, I like the world. I like the author. I like the way she writes. But I'm just feeling a little bit of fatigue because it is still really centered on a Hunger Games. And I kind of feel like I would have preferred something in the world that was more adjacent to that rather than that being the main focus. And while there's some interesting things about seeing how it's developing and seeing the stage that it's in at this book versus the more polished Hunger Games we see in the original trilogy... But I'm just a little tapped out 300 pages in. So, yeah. you know, knowing that I, I have almost as much ahead of me as I have behind me is a little discouraging. But I will uh, report back because I feel like the majority of the reviews have been good. So maybe I'm just a grumpy old man. I'm not I'm not counting mm-hmm. that out at this point. Yeah. I'm also reading Circe <laughs> by Madeline Miller, which I know your wife, Kendra, mm-hmm. who's joined us on the show a few wow. times, loved. Um, I'm not finding that experience. I'm impressed with the way that it is written like a contemporary novel that just happens to be set during the the Greek Mm -hmm. mythology era, but I'm not particularly enjoying the story. So that's what I'm currently reading, Ballad of Songbird and Snakes and Circe by Madeline Miller. Uh, Mm -hmm. As far as watching, I promised to report back when I finished Arrested Development, and I have. Season five. I have finished season five. So uh, it just wasn't good. I'm sorry to say, I was really hoping... You know, after that terrible fourth season, I was really hoping they would have learned some lessons. And while it was nice to have a more traditional storyline with characters actually in the same room, it was such a mess of, like, green screen characters. And I think easily 25% of it was ADR voiceover. I don't know if they're course correcting the story or trying to, like, wrap things up more securely, but I have never watched a show that had that much you ADR know, in my it's life. It's funny. We were watching, when we watched the movie Bloodshot, my wife was picking up on ADR nonstop in that. She was just like, why is there so much ADR here? And like, you can get away with it, but it's never not noticeable. No. And this, the thing was, there was there was a phone call between Buster and Michael uh, in, in the characters, so Jason Bateman and Tony Hale's characters. Right. And this was towards the end of the season. And you see just the outside of a jail, and you see Michael in a car with the sun reflecting on, so you can't see his face or his lips. Mm-hmm. And it was the longest scene in history, and it was pure exposition. So I yeah. just don't know what the rush is. Also, yeah. Portia de Rossi's not really in it. She's only in a handful of episodes. Uh, Liza Minnelli is frequently mentioned, but also not in it. The problem I see, there's multiple problems, but first of all, season four, which is like almost a full decade later, picks up where season three leaves off. And there's a five-year gap between season four and season five, and the same thing happens. It picks up like immediately after. And it really ties their hands being stuck to the storyline that began in season four, which nobody liked. So I... It's bad. It is bad. Nothing... Have you watched season five? I watched season four. I'm not watching season five. Yeah. There are moments. There are moments, and I do prefer it to season four, but I... 
nothing will ever stop me from recommending the first three seasons. Uh, yeah. There, there are some comedy, uh, especially some racially tinged jokes in the first three seasons that really haven't aged well. Um, so understanding that those three seasons, the comedy in there outside of that is just like magic. You know, I really think mm-hmm. it's some of the tightest best scripted most chemistry of an ensemble that you're ever going to find those three seasons (laughs) i think are great season four and five offer nothing i would i would never recommend that you watch season four and five anyway anyway that's it for me i know review yes uh well it's because it was a chore to watch season four and five we buzzed right through the first three seasons even though we'd seen them before these ones it was like i guess we should watch another episode so it was a, it was a painful experience. Let's get into some book news here with the New York Times bestseller list. But first, did you see that the uh, that uh, speaking of nonfiction bestsellers, Dope Sick, which was on the list for a long time, is being made into a series starring Michael Keaton, which is going to hmm. be oh boy. I mean, has he ever done a TV series before? Not that I can think of. Has he? Uh, Michael Keaton? Yeah. Uh, I can't think of anything. Me neither. Outside of random guest appearances in like, you know, Thirty Rock or something like that, I don't think he's ever done a. So this will be like, I oh think yeah, his, he was in Thirty Rock. His yeah. first like series Look regular her, huh? kind of role. Spend time there. I know. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to that. What and am I, I talking about? And it? I, I'm retiring. I missed that book the first time around, so I might go back and pick up that book because I definitely want to watch the series. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But what's on the New York Times bestseller list, my man? Uh, on the New York Times bestsellers list. Something new is so. This is again combined ebook and print. Okay. So number ten is new this week's Friends and Strangers by J. Courtney Sullivan. I was hoping it was Jai Courtney, even though I don't like him. Uh, No, J. Courtney Sullivan's uh, complications ensue when a New York journalist downshifts to become a mom in a small town and hires a senior at the local woman's college to babysit. Okay. Number nine, little fires everywhere. Celeste Ng, an artist, opens a quiet town outside Cleveland. Yeah. Darn it! Thought I could outpace you. You never will. Uh, number eight, The Summer House by James Patterson and Brendan Dubois. Okay. Uh, or Dubois. It's not Dubois. <laughs> you Dubois, though. <laughs> Thanks, man. It's good no nice to hear. It's good to hear. Jeremiah Cook, a veteran and former NYPD cop, investigates a mass murder near a lake in Georgia. Uh, seven, Camino wins. John Grisham, a line okay. between fact and fiction, becomes sure. blurred when an author of thrillers is found dead after a hurricane hits Camino Island. An author of thrillers. So in his mind, he's writing about his own death. He's not, well, yeah, I guess he is kind of a thriller writer, isn't he? Yeah. Either that mm-hmm. or like we discussed, he's sending a message to somebody in the writing so community. like James Patterson. Yeah. 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 Your time is up. <laughs> you better watch yourself, Badachi. Yep. Number six, the guest list. Uh, Lucy Foley, a wedding between a TV star and a magazine publisher on an island off the coast of Ireland mm-hmm. turns deadly. <sighs> Number five, The Guardians by John Grisham, Santa Claus, the Easter Rabbit, and <laughs> The Guardians. Yeah, I know. I got it. The Guardians? I got it. I Yes, uh, I think so. All right. Colin Post, a lawyer and Episcopal minister, antagonizes some ruthless killers. Number four, new this week. Sex and Vanity, Kevin Kwan. Okay. Uh, a nod to A Room with a View, in which Lucy Tang Churchill is torn between her waspy billionaire fiance <laughs> and a privileged hunk born in Hong Kong. Oh. Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens in a quiet town on the North Carolina coast in 1969. A young woman who survived alone in the marsh becomes a murder suspect. Yes. Number two, 28 Summers, Ellen Hildebrand. A relationship that started in 1993 between Malloy Blessings and Jake McLeod comes to light while she is on her deathbed and his wife runs for president. 
Okay. Uh, number one, five weeks on the list. It's moved up uh, to the top of the list. Okay. The Lives, uh, The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. The Lives of oh. Twin Sisters Who Run Away from a Southern Black Community at Age 16 Diverge as one returns and the other takes on a different racial identity. Nice. But their fates intertwine. Okay. There you go. All right. Those are those. Are those. I'm excited now because I feel like we don't get to hear this theme as much as some of the others because uh, we're about to present some awards. Hit it, Ben. Nick and Eric the Thanks, Ben. I like that one. Hope you're staying safe. I do like that one. Staying healthy. Uh, once again, thanks to Ben Lehman. Provides all the music on the All the Book Show. You can follow him at Twitter at Trip Existence. Yeah. All right, we are going to be talking about the Locust Awards. Let me give you a little background here. The Locust Science Fiction Foundation is dedicated to the promotion and preservation of science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Its central activity is a publication of Locust, the magazine of the science fiction and fantasy field, and its website, Locust Online. It's also responsible for the annual Locust Award, first presented in 1971, to recognize excellence in science fiction and fantasy literature. In addition, the Foundation is responsible for preserving the Locust Collection, a large historical library of speculative fiction material. Mm-hmm. But also, yeah, it's good because um, a lot of the other big reward, awards, uh, like fantasy sci-fi awards, they don't have like a horror section. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you have to look at like the Stoker Awards or some of the other things to find yeah. this. So it's nice to have a have a one that yeah. recognizes all of them. You can find out more about the Locust Award and the Locust Science Fiction Foundation at lsff.net. Yeah. You know it's serious when it has a .net. You know, mm-hmm. that's how you Yeah, know. they're for real. Let's look at the nominees and winner for Best Collection. And they include Sooner or Later Everything Falls Into the Sea by Sarah Pinsker. Hexacrate Stories by Yoon Ha Lee. The Best of R.A. Lafferty by, you guessed it, R.A. Lafferty. The Very Best of Caitlin R. Kiernan. Meet Me in the Future by Cameron Hurley. Full Throttle by Joe Hill. Snow White Learns Witchcraft. About time. <laughs> I, like, I like that title. By Theodora Goss. The Best of Greg Egan. Of Wars and Memories in Starlight by Aliette de Bodard. And our winner is Exaltation by Ted Chang. You, got, uh, you want to talk to us about anthologies, Eric? What do we got? Anthologies, uh, The Big Book of Classic Fantasy by Anne Vandermeer, The Best of Uncanny by Lynn M. Thomas and Michael Damien Thomas. I assume The Best of Uncanny is not The Best of Uncanny X-Men. No, I think they'd say that if it was. Yeah, that seems like an important. Mission Critical by Jonathan Stratham, The Best Science Fiction and Fantasy of the Year, Volume 13 by Jonathan Stratham, The Mythic Dream by Dominic Parison and Nava Wolf, Broken Stars, Contemporary Chinese Science Fiction and Translation by Ken Lau, uh, People's Future of the United States, Victor Laval and John Joseph Adams. The very best of the best. 35 years of the best of the year's best science fiction by Gardner DeZoy. Echoes the saga anthology of the ghost stories. And winner is New Sons, uh, original speculative fiction by people of color by Nissi Shaw. That's the end of her name. She's the, yeah, she's the editor. That's, she's that's, the what, editor. that's yeah. what that's saying. Yep. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm not going to list all the here's but they also have an illustrated and art book which i think is a cool category Oh, okay who's the winner uh, there? the winner is spectrum 26 the best in contemporary fantastic art but also nick bill sinkowicz yeah uh you might be familiar with him from comic books he did an illustrated version of the island of dr moreau you love that story i enjoyed the book but i that val kilmer movie is yeah. painful it is yes. painful to watch <laughs> 
All right, um, let's talk yeah. short stories. All right, we short have stories. A Catalog of Storms by Fran Wilde, which I read and was not wild about. <gasps> but Thank Fran Wilde's wild about Thank you. you? Uh, maybe. Hello, my baby. Hello, <laughs> my dog. <laughs> wow. A Michigan J. Frog reference. You don't yeah. get that very often. Not since early 2000s WB. A Brief Lesson in Native American Astronomy by Rebecca Roanhorse. Now, I have not read this, but I did read Resistance Reborn by Rebecca Roanhorse, and it made me feel very sad for the position that Disney put her in, because that book is working under the confines of you can't do anything with any character at all. Now, write a novel. So, I think she probably comes across... Resistance Reborn by Rebecca Roanhorse. Oh, Star Wars. It's her Star right, Wars right, book. Right. Yes. Set okay. between Last Jedi and uh, right. Rise of Skywalker. It is it is painful to read yeah. because there's just nothing can happen. So I feel bad for her there. So I'm all too happy to promote her story, A Brief Lesson in Native American Astronomy. Uh, Thoughts and Prayers by Ken Liu. Ken Liu also has a Star Wars book. He wrote that, um, I think it's called The Legend of Luke Skywalker. It's a YA collection uh, that are all... Uh, people writing stories about that's the, the premise of it is people writing stories about the legend of luke skywalker so they're not right you right, know right, right, right. uh but that that's been popular over in ya uh the girl who did not know fear by kelly link i 28m created a deep fake girlfriend and now my parents think we're getting married <laughs> by fonda lee fisher bird by t king fisher it's 2059 and the rich kids are still winning by ted chang the Galactic Tourist Industrial Complex by Tobias mm. S. Buckle. Lest We Forget by Elizabeth Bear. Oh, boy. I read this one as well, and it's, uh, that's, a, that's an upsetting book. It's about, it's about people. It's, so it's about the horrors of war, basically. It's about people dying during times of war, not necessarily because they're in the war, but because of what war does to society. And mm-hmm. it's a tough book to read in this moment. Uh, the winner today is The Bookstore at the End of America by Charlie Jane Anders, which was uh, in the collection A People's Future of the United States. Yes, which did not win for the collection. Oh, or but the story yeah. within it did. Okay, all right. Uh, let's talk novelettes, Eric. Novelettes, yes. Well, I find the best way to make a novelette is you put the book down first, and okay. then you're going to get the, the, the meat that you're choosing, the bacon or the chicken, cheese, some green pepper, I'll, like diced green pepper okay. is real good. Yeah, uh, I like diced tomatoes, but uh, I'm not big on like chunky sure. tomatoes. No, I, I don't. Very like small diced tomatoes. Yeah, um, you want the pop, the but you don't want a lot of the uh, yeah. a lot of the moisture there. Yep. Yeah. Do you do you fold the novelette by just throwing the spatula over it, or do you try flipping it? I fold then flip. Okay. When, yeah. when making a novelette, yeah. A, a good novelette. I tell yeah. you what, you're gonna feel so much better in your day if you start oh, true. It with a novelette. It's a great way to start. It's a great way to yeah. start. I gotta hand it to you, man. When you started that bit, I did not know that it was gonna be omelet based, but I really think it served it well. <laughs> I really do. All right, these are novelette novelette uh, nominees: "The Blur in the Corner of Your Eye" by Sarah Pinsker, "Binti Sacred Fire" by uh, Nadi Okorafor, "Phantoms of the Mid." Midway by Sheenan McGuire. The Justified by Anne Leckie. Uh, Emergency Skin by N.K. Jemison. Late Returns by Joe Hill. A Country Called Winter by Theodore uh, Goss. For He Can Creep by Sibahan Carroll. And A Race, A Race, A Race by Elizabeth Bear. The winner is Aunt Fellows by Ted Chang, uh, which was in the collection Exhilaration. Um, Exhilation. 
Exhalation. I did, I did the same thing. Exhalation, which yeah. won for collection as well. So yeah. it's a it's a double victory here for Ted Chang. Joe Hill, I've never really noticed this, but he seems a pretty well accepted into the sci-fi fantasy community. Yeah. In a way that you don't think of Stephen King at all. Yeah, it's true. So congratulations, Joe Hill. Yeah, congrats. All right, let's take a look um, at novella. Now, you're going to also want to put the novella on a frying pan. Okay. First. You're yeah. going to want to just crack it open. Maybe put some cheese on that first. Yeah. And you want a good hot you want a good hot pan. Yeah. That's important. Sorry, that, that was me making an uh, an om, omella. An omella? Um, om, oh, boy. I went boy, too far. You did. I reached too high. You I did. was Icarus. Yeah. You <laughs> got too close to the sun. Save it for the mythology episode, Eric. Ah. Uh... Uh, okay, so for novellas, we have The Ascent to Godhood by J.Y. Yang. You know, the... mine hasn't happened yet, and I'm upset. Well, maybe one of these days. Yeah. The Deep by River Solomon and David Diggs, William Hudson, and Jonathan Snipes. Mm. Permafrost by Alistair yeah. Reynolds. Do you know because of permafrost, there's no basements in Alaska? Oh, that makes sense. It'd be real cold yeah. down there. The Gurkha and the Lord of Tuesday by Syed Z. Hosan. Desdemona and the Deep by C.S.E. Cooney. The Haunting of Tramcar 015 by P. Jelly Clark. Anxiety is the Dizziness of Freedom by Ted Chang. Boy. Uh, correction, I guess there are some basements in Alaska. Oh. did so. Is Roger there with you? How did, how did he fact check so quickly? <laughs> I, wow, okay. Yeah. To Be Taught If Fortunate by Becky Chambers. A Time to Reap by Elizabeth Baer. With the winner going to This Is How You Lose the Time War by Ama wow. El Motar and Max Gladstone from Saga. Two time-traveling agents from warring futures working their way through the past begin to exchange letters and fall in love. Interesting. Okay. Let's see. First novel. We have The Luminous Dead by Caitlin Starling. Waste Tide by Chen Kuifan. A Song for a New Day by Sarah Pinsker. Finder by Suzanne Palmer. Infinite Detail by Tim Mohan. A Memory Called Empire by Arcady Martin. The Ten Thousand Doors of January by Alex E. Haro. Magic for Liars by Sarah Gailey. And The Water Dancer by Tanahisi Coates, which my wife read and was a big fan of. I always need it. Is- I, yeah, I'm a little surprised it didn't win because that's the one I've heard maybe the most yeah. talk about. Yeah, and Tanahisi Coates, he's on here as a first novel. He's certainly not new to writing and publishing. He's best known for his uh, essays. Uh, diff- different collections there. Also uh, was a writer on the Black Panther comic for Marvel for quite a while as yeah. well, which I have read his Marvel run. Uh, the winner here, Eric, you want to announce this and give us a little uh, taste of Gideon what it's about? the Ninth, which is the Locked Tomb Trilogy, okay. book one. Ah, okay. So Gideon the Ninth is by Tefson Murr. The Emperor needs neuromancers. The Ninth neuromancer needs a swordsman. Gideon has a sword, some dirty magazines, and no more time for undead nonsense. The book unveils a solar system of swordplay, cutthroat politics, and lesbian neuromancers. Her characters leap off the page as skillfully animated as arcane revenants. Mm. The result is a heart-pounding epic science fantasy. Okay. Yes, so this is the first of a trilogy, and I believe book two is coming out this August. Okay. Do you want to take us through YA? YA, let's roll. Uh, Shadow Captain by Alistair Reynolds. The Book of Dust, The Secret Commonwealth by Philip Pullman. War Girls by Tochi Anabushi, which I remember reading the description and being like, yeah, that sounds fun. Angel Mage by Garth Nix. Destroy All Monsters, which I think we did a sexy new books with. Yeah, we did. And you weren't feeling it. 
I don't think I was, no. Catfishing on Catnet by Naomi Kritzer. Pet by Akweek uh, Amizi. The Wicked King by Holly Black. King of Scars by Leah Badugo. And Dragon Pearl by Yoon Ha Lee. Okay. Yoon Ha Lee's space opera about a 13-year-old Min who comes from a long line of fox spirits. Mm-hmm. But you never know it by looking at her. To keep her the family safe, Min's mothers insists that none of them use any fox magic, such as charm or shape-shifting. They must appear human at all times. Mm. This sci-fi adventure with the underpinnings of Korean mythology will transport you to a world far beyond your imagination. You know, I was I was down between this book and Tristan Strong Punches a Hole in the Sky to, <laughs> to read like a mythology book for, uh, for the summer reading program, and I settled on mm. Tristan Strong, but I almost read this book. I was so close. Does that count for anything? Uh, are we playing horseshoes? No. What about uh, hand grenades? I don't think it's safe. Okay, then no, I don't think it counts. Darn it if I don't want an omelet right now. What time is it? <laughs> Horror uh, novel. Not... All right, uh... let's do it. The Toll Horror. by Cherie Priest. The Pursuit of William Abbey by Claire North. Anno Dracula 1999. Daikaju by Kim Newman. The Twisted Ones by T. Kingfisher. Oh, boy. I don't even want to say this next one, Eric. The Institute by Stephen King. Uh, Take that, Joe Hill. Well, now, now this whole list has gone down, in my opinion, if they're willing to nominate The Institute by Stephen win. King. But it was nominated, Eric. That's the point. Mm. It was nominated. We did a whole episode on The Institute. So if you want to relive the pain of us reading The Institute together, uh, look at episode 219, Stephen King's The Institute. Eric, what did we decide was going to be our Stephen King Halloween book this year? Are we doing Christine? Christine. Christine, are you looking forward to that one? Uh, maybe we'll see. But but it's. I mean, I'm not. Okay. I guess it will feel. I'll see how I feel in October. I guess I'm interested, but maybe not okay. as like j- jazzed as I have been. For well, if there's one that you want to read instead, I think that you should pick that one because I've forced you to read a lot of Stephen King's that you didn't want to read. So yeah. I'm here yeah. to whatever you want. All right. All right. The Grand Dark by Richard Codry. Curious Toys by Elizabeth Hand. Prisoner of Midnight by Barbara Hambly. Boy, Barbara Hambly has written one of the best Star Trek books I've ever read called Ghost Walker and has written some of the worst Star Wars that is out there. Mm. Uh, Real hard time. Real hard time Mm -hmm. reading through Barbara Hambly. (laughs) Imaginary Friend by Stephen Chopsky, best known for Perks of Being a Wallflower. And the winner... Well, Imaginary Friend's cover is one of those where I just look at him like, I don't know. Now that I'm looking at it, it's so creepy. I might add it. Okay. Uh, it's like that kind of like somebody scratched in the font with their fingernails. Are they entering a doorway or is it the forest? Spooky. Oh, remember that one? Now I can't remember what the cover was. It was so scary. It had like a tan cover. Ooh. It just black font. Scary. It was like, yeah. Anyway. Scary stuff. The winner was Black Leopard Red Wolf by Marlon James. And I'm seeing this everywhere. Do you want to give us a synopsis of this one, Eric? Well, I'm I'm like kind of shocked by this because I didn't realize this was a horror book. It sort of seems like it falls somewhere in between horror and fantasy. Uh, yeah, is, is where I, I had like always thought this was just kind of like a straight up fantasy I novel. would put it, uh, yeah, it's, that's what I've always thought too. But according to Locust, uh, it's, it's their winner for horror. So give me a little synopsis oh. here. Sorry, I was looking. I was trying to find that one horror book, and I just found, remembered there's a book out there called Baby Teeth. Go. Uh, is that by Joyce Carol Oates? Because it sure sounds like it no. Is. Oh, just looking at the. Uh, I'm gonna. I need a break. I need a second. Okay. <sighs> Take your time. What is that even about? <laughs> okay. 
the horror book I was thinking of was The Grip of It by Jack Jemp. It's, oh. it's the one that's like charcoal sketch, and it says, a novel, a novel, a novel, a novel. Ah, stop. Stop. Scary. scary. I'm sorry. That is scary. Wow. Okay. Uh, Black Leopard, Red Wolf by Marlon James. It's okay. part of a trilogy. The Dark Star trilogy. Yes, I've heard that was going to be a trilogy. Tracker is known far and wide for his skills as a hunter. He has a nose, people say, engaged to track down a mysterious boy who disappeared three years earlier. Tracker breaks his own rules of always working alone when he finds himself part of a group that comes together to search for the boy. The band is a hodgepodge full of unusual characters with secrets of their own, including shape-shifting man-animal known as Leopard. Manimal. Drawing from African history and mythology and its own rich imagination, Marlon James has written a novel unlike anything that's come before it, a saga of breathtaking adventure that's also ambitious, involving read. Defining uh, categorization. Probably, yeah. There you go. All unforgettable characters. Surprising, profound, as it explores the fundamental truth Limits of power and our need to understand them both. I guess I gotta read this. All right. Yeah, I guess you do, Eric. Seems cool. Yeah, it does seem cool. All right. Let's look at fantasy novel. The nominees include Dead Astronaut by Jeff Vandermeer. Oh, no. That's the worst kind of astronaut. No, you don't want that at all. The oh, Iron. Maybe evil. Maybe evil astronaut's no good. That'd probably be worse. I mean, but if the evil one could still, like, drive, you might want the evil one just long enough to, like, land somewhere. Mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> I guess sure. it depends. The Iron Dragon's Mother <laughs> by Michael Swanwick. I've never heard of... I guess it is landing, but I've never heard of like... Yeah, I mean, it, it's yeah. like a lander. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Storm of Locusts by Rebecca Roanhorse. Again, Ooh. gotta be better than that Star Wars book. The Starless Sea by Aaron Morgenstern. You know what? I have had a hold on this one, and it's come in, and I've been like, I can't do it right now. Uh, because I loved The Night Circus, which she wrote many years ago. I thought that book oh, yes. was great, so I'm looking forward to this one. Gods of Jade and Shadow by Silvia Marino-Garcia. Jade War by Fonda Lee. The Raven Tower by Anne Leckie. A Brightness Long Ago by Guy Gabriel Kay. The Ninth House by Leah Bardugo. And Eric, who is our winner? All right, the winner is... Remember when you did the drum roll? Oh, you did it. Okay. Oh, sorry. Do it again. Do it again anyway. Can you hear that? Yeah, it's a middle game. Okay. By Shannon McGuire. Okay. Uh, it's also a Hugo Award finalist. Oh, ho, ho. nice. Uh, meet Roger. Not our senior intern. Not, not our, our senior. Okay. Not him. Meet Roger. Skilled with words, languages come easy to him. He instinctively understands how the world works through the power of a story. Meet Dodger. Not the dog from Oliver and Company. Why should His... I worry? Why should I care? Billy Joel, baby. His twin. Oh. Numbers of... Numbers of her world, her obsession, her everything. All she understands, she does through the power of math. Roger and Dodger aren't exactly human, though they don't realize it. They aren't exactly gods either. Not entirely. Not yet. Uh, meet Reed. Not Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four. <gasps> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you got Huey Lewis. You got a young Joey Lawrence. You got, you got Dom DeLuise. You got Bette Midler. You got Cheech Marin. I mean, the cast of Oliver and Company is just, it's, yeah. a, it's a great movie. That's all I'm saying. Skilled in the alchem- okay. uh, alchemical arts, like his progenitor before him, Reed created Dodger and her brother. He's not their father, not quite, but he has a plan to raise the twins to the highest power, to ascend with them and claim the authority of his own. Godhood nice. is attainable. Prayer isn't attained. Mm. Oh, pray it isn't attained. Yeah, I... Screwed up the thing there. Anyway, God is, is attainable. Prayed isn't attained. Okay. 
So I think we're not supposed to trust Reed in this. I guess not. It seems like maybe yeah. not. Yeah. All right, here it is. Best Science Fiction Novel. Winner of the Locust Award for Best Science Fiction Novel. Here are the nominees. Wanderers by Chuck Wendig, author of Star Wars books that no one likes. Oh. Uh, sorry. The Rosewater Insurrection and the Rosewater Redemption by Tade Thompson. Fleet of Knives by Gareth L. Powell. The Future of Another Timeline by Anna Lee Newitz. Luna, Moon Rising by Ian McDonald. The Light Brigade by Cameron Hurley. Empress of Forever by Max Gladstone. Ancestral Night. What are you laughing at? That, you're What's so funny? reading a one. You're reading a one. Okay. Ancestral Night by Elizabeth Bear. The Testaments by Margaret Atwood. And the winner is, Eric, take it away. The City in the Middle of the Night by Charlie Jane Anders. January is a dying planet. Well, it's a sucky month, too. I guess. Divided between a permanently frozen darkness on one side and blazing endless sunshine on the other. Is this January? Uh, humanity clings to life, spread across two archaic cities built in the sliver of habitable dusk. But life inside the cities is just as dangerous as the uninhabitable wasteland outside. Sophie, a student and reluctant revolutionary, is supposed to be dead after being exiled into the night, saved only by forming an unusual bond with the anagamate... Enigmatic. Oh my gosh! Forget en it. With the beast. Who enigmatic. Are you trying to say enigmatic? Sophie vows to stay hidden from the world, hoping she can heal. But fate has other plans, and Sophie's ensuing dark odyssey in the ragtag family she finds will change the entire world. There you go. We didn't talk about the nonfiction book. Oh, okay. Go I ahead. The winner. The winner is Monster. She wrote the woman <gasps> who pioneered horror and speculative fiction. The women. Uh, so who who we who we looking at? Who's uh, Mary Shelley, uh, Margaret Cavendish, Shirley Jackson, Violet Padgett? So yeah, there you go. Uh, Sorry, I don't know. Is that from Murder She Wrote? Yeah, of course it is. You said okay. Monster She Wrote. What do you expect yeah. me to do? Not sing? Anyways, not sing uh, the Murder She Wrote theme song? I don't think so. <laughs> A collection of uh, the women who uh, pioneered horror. Okay. It's a little fiction. Cool. Sounds interesting. I love the title. All right. Well, that was uh, the Locus Awards. Okay. Well, I can yeah. tell you we have many of these in our collection, and any that we don't that you want to read, we will hook you up. Yeah. Only so happy to help you find the books that you want to read right here at the David yeah. A. Howe Public Library. Did any of these books push up higher on your list after seeing the winners and reading the Yeah, I'm going to uh, have to. Uh, yeah, Black Leopard, Red Wolf, I'm going to have to read. Oh, I think I might read This Is How You Lose the Time War as well. Oh, At least I'll fun. put it on my list. Yeah, that sounded fun. So, I like the title. All right. Well, again, that's the 2020 Locus Awards. You can find more about the Locus Awards, including past winners at their website. Library News, the uh, summer reading program is in full swing for all ages. So please take a look at the website and social media and see what's going on for uh, whatever age you happen to be. I can tell you the Adult Book Club right now is reading Circe by Madeline Miller. And again, that's on the 28th at 530. We're going to be outside with some sealed snacks and other things to discuss this book so hope you can join us for that and we're looking at showing some films outside on the lawn some rights issues have cleared up during this time so we're able to show some films outside for the first time so we're excited to be doing that but uh that's the big news coming forward mm -hmm. and pretty soon we're going to be doing our myths uh spotlight so if you have books on mythology that you've read and particularly like please send them to us at the all the book show uh or at facebook david a Howe public library you can email us at wellsville at stls.org and you know what 
go ahead and leave us a review on, on Apple or wherever you can review podcasts because it's always helpful. Yeah. We'll be having a special guest on with that episode. Uh, you might have read some of his books. Homer, he oh. wrote wrote The Iliad, that, The Odyssey. I was going to talk to you about that. Uh, you said you were going to get him. I was I was planning to, but I was I guess I was just a little overly optimistic about that. Writing high on some of the interviews that we've managed to snag in the past. Okay, turns out uh, Homer uh, is is no longer with us, so we missed out on that. Oh, all right, that's fine. Yeah, I'm sorry to disappoint. That's fine. That. Yeah, I've I had some hopes up, but it's all right. This has been a real odyssey for me. Yeah, let me tell you. Yeah, is that a book? Yeah. by Homer. Okay, all right. Uh, well, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of the All the Book Show. Eric, is there any, do you have any parting words of wisdom that you'd like to give to our listeners? Hmm. Uh, I've been real snarky lately, so maybe... Something positive? Uh, something uplifting? Something positive, yeah. Uh, you know what? If you just put a handful of M&Ms and a handful of marshmallows uh, together, it, it actually kind of recreates the s'more experience. Even without so. the gram? What if you have golden grams as well? Well, then you got to crunch them up. Okay. All right. All right. Well, with those words of wisdom, we bid you adieu from the All the Book Show. What's what's that mean? It means bye. It just means bye. Did Homer come up with that? Maybe. I'll check into it.